0: The big brain behind Yahoo Sports. Check out the big brain on Brad. Rivals.com. For Touchdown. This touchdown. is everything USC. He's got it. He's in the end zone. It's a touchdown USC. Welcome to the new TrojanSports.com. And on this week's edition of Trojan Sports Talk, Chris Watson, Blair Angulo, and Adam J. Maya recap the Trojans' week one win against Fresno State. Not just win, but dismantling of the Bulldogs. That's Throwing in the end zone. Touchdown. Bryce Dixon, the freshman tight end. And that's the fourth touchdown pass of the day. So much for Chris Watson predicting that it would be close. And they previewed this week's upcoming battle with the Stanford card. All that code up next on Trojan Sports Talk. The Trojan Sports Podcast is now. 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 Here's Chris Watson, Blair Angulo, and Adam Mayo with your Trojan Sports Talk.
1: Welcome back to the Trojansports.com podcast. I am Blair Angulo, joined by Trojansports.com editor Chris Swanson and Trojansports.com beat writer Adam J. Maya. Uh, we have a lot to discuss, and, and first of all, let's kind of jump right into it. Uh, Adam, you have some news from Tuesday's practice.
2: Blair, that is Adam J. Maya. Don't forget that. So today in practice, we're waiting around, and Cody Kessler shows up an hour late. Kind of like one of our colleagues, anyway. And uh, <laughs> we were, uh, you know, we we were kind of thought it might have been the knee. Um, you know, he was walking around kind of kind of gingerly after the game. Uh, he had a kind of an awkward, you know, uh, slide. Anyway, so we don't know initially what's going on, and then we come to find out that he had a toe procedure. Um, I guess we're not allowed to call it a surgery, but it appears that he had uh, some work done on his toe. They wouldn't disclose much about it. You know, he didn't practice. He still was kind of walking uh, uncomfortably around practice. They said that he'll practice on Wednesday, so we'll see. I mean, we got a good look at Max Brown today.
1: And yeah. So yeah, I mean we, we saw him in the tunnel after the game after Saturday's 52 to 13 blowout of Fresno State. We saw him in the tunnel conduct interviews with various TV reporters and then we when he was done he he limped into the locker room and it was uh, right. a little strange we obviously thought he had that awkward slide where his brace got caught in the grass and that's what we thought it was but you know potentially there's more there so that's definitely something to keep an eye on here as the week goes forward into stanford uh chris you were there we were all there at the coliseum and i think we were all pretty surprised uh, and i would say you might have been the most surprised given your prediction and, and you know people were giving you a hard time on the board we've given you a hard time about that as well uh you you called a close game and it was it was far from that.
3: Yeah, um I I st- I still feel that that was a good call because I think I think very highly of Fresno State. Um Too highly? No, I wouldn't say so. They returned, you know, 14 starters from a team that won 11-2, and two, won their conference. So I, I think the USC looked great uh, being able to blow them out the way they did. That's not something that happens to Fresno State. But, you know, Stanford's obviously a completely different animal, any way you want to look at it. And uh, they return a lot of experience, too. They've had a great team now for uh, – five or six years and, and always a great defense. So uh, USC has their hands full and they're on the road too. So it'll be a tough one.
1: Yeah, before we get into the Cardinal, let, let's touch base a little bit on that Fresno State game. 105 total plays. They set a Pac-12 record for number of plays. Sark obviously uh, you know, pushing that up-tempo style and, and he proved it. This is something we had been talking about for a while. Uh, he had talked about it during fall camp in the spring and he was going to be really up up tempo and really no huddle and quick and Cody Kessler did a good job of managing that offense
2: yeah I mean Cody looked like he had been playing in that offense really one of the better games we've seen I know he played uh you know very well against them in the bowl game as well but this was different um I think he just really had a good handle of going through his reads finding guys you know they, they weren't able to run the ball at will, the entire game, but it seemed like they could throw the ball at will, and it really started, I thought, with, with Kessler and decision making. Um, he was nifty in the pocket, and so very well rounded effort from him. And uh, I guess it, it kind of makes this injury uh, even more, you know, suspicious um, moving into the Stanford game because you don't want to be playing a, a freshman backup quarterback, you know, for your conference road opener.
1: Yeah, Kessler averaged more than 10 yards per attempt that's not by completion that's by attempt so that's obviously are great numbers 37 passes 394 yards four touchdowns buck allen had 133 yards rushing uh the freshmen were dynamic as as we had been pointing out throughout fall camp juju smith uh, 123 receiving yards adoree jackson got in the end zone bryce Dixon got in the end zone what was your biggest takeaway chris of of what we saw from the freshmen
3: i think it's got to be juju smith uh you know before he was even at usc people were wondering if he could even play uh, receiver for them they thought that he was a safety no doubt and that that was his best position uh well he proved he could play receiver uh he might have been their best receiver on the field in that game he had that 123 yards came uh in a quarter and a half he could have had 300 yards really uh he was on pace for it so that was the biggest impression is that he really he really proved that he's uh he's a quality receiver when i think that was a question coming into the season yeah and he made a little bit of move in in the depth chart yeah he did uh you know he's now co-starter, starter. I think that uh, you you can't really uh, keep him out of the starting lineup after a performance like that, especially he really outperformed people at the same position.
2: And, you know, you mentioned uh, Juju moving over. I think the the ripple effect of that, we're going to see a lot more in Nelson Aguilar in the slot than maybe we anticipated and a lot less of Ajana Harris. Now, we've only seen one game. We don't know that for sure, but um, if Nelson is playing a slot, you know he's going to get the majority of the work there, and then with that, you have you know I think Juju and Darius and Blackwell and farmer uh you know split out wide, and so we were expecting pretty big things from Jenny he might have to kind of bide his time
1: yeah and, and Bryce Dixon also got in the tu- in the end zone like we mentioned before, and something that was notable was. Walk-on tight end Chris Wilson with a foot fracture, I think, or a broken foot is is what uh, Sarkeesian called it. So the depth obviously is is more of a problem now there at that position as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, Wilson had earned a scholarship, in fact, and, you know, they'd lost Jalen Cope Fitzpatrick uh, before the year to academic ineligibility. Now they got two and left. They're trying to, you know, put another walk-on over there. You know, USC, I mean, again, the frontline talent is so good. It's disappointing that we are not seeing even how great they might even be able to be because... They don't have the gap. I think they're down to about 56 scholarship players that are healthy right now. That's uh, almost unfair compared to who they're playing. And, you know, the other teams have about 25 more guys than that. So this stuff will matter, you know, maybe not in September as much. But, you know, there are going to be more injuries, obviously. And so we'll have to kind of monitor these situations there.
1: Yeah, the other freshman, Dory Jackson. Chris, we've been tracking him for the last two, three years on the recruiting trail. So we've seen him at Camps. We've seen him at Gardena Serra doing what he did at the Coliseum in his debut. So I, I don't think we're necessarily surprised with what we saw because he's been doing it all. He's, he was even a punter at Serra. So, I mean, in terms of what he was able to accomplish playing both sides of the ball, playing on special teams, is that something that you can see him
3: doing the rest of the year? Yeah, I definitely can. Um, I think that you, if you watched that first Fresno State game, it, it was kind of amazing uh, the kind of plays he made on defense and then what he was able to do as a receiver. I, I would be shocked if he wasn't able to, to continue that uh, in the Pac-12 even. Uh, he just looks like he's a, he's a special athlete and he's a guy that you can't really stop if he's on the field. Yeah, he was dynamic, and I think all those freshmen
1: played a big role. Toa Lobendon started, Damian Mama started at right guard, Viana Talamavao got some play. Uh, it, was a, it was a great showing by all those freshmen. Some stats, some notable numbers to kind of go over. Uh, 701 total yards for USC, 38 minutes of possession. And 105 total plays, like we mentioned before, 37 first downs. To keep that into perspective, 64 plays were the amount that Stanford ran. That's going to be a different test now for USC. That's more than 40 plays fewer that Stanford ran. Mm -hmm. They played against UC Davis. So, I mean, what can we really expect from this game here at Palo Alto this weekend?
2: Well, before we even begin to answer that, I think you have to realize that Fresno State is not Stanford. uh, UC Davis is not USC. Um, the game will be, I think, entirely different from what we saw from both teams this past weekend. It'll be a lot more physical. Um, I anticipate Stanford slowing down USC, getting a pretty good pass rush, which will, you know, dramatically change the way USC can run its offense. But, um, you know, there are certain, I think, offensive line units that are good against the pass, others that are better against the run. And so I'm, I'm kind of wondering how they approach this one because they threw USC threw the ball. Thirty-one times in the first half last week. I don't think that they'll do that again. Uh, they might not do that again all year, and but I think they're going to have to lean on their pass a lot more than they want to. I know they want to run the ball, but this is a week where they might not be able to, you know, the way that they want to.
1: Yeah, and Stanford will have revenge on their minds after what happened at the Coliseum last year and that and that upset really it was an upset victory, and a big reason why USC was able to land the recruits that they did. I mean, Adoree Jackson, Juju Smith, they kind of had their eyes set on other schools until that game kind of brought them back and reeled them back in. Vianney Talamayvau was committed to Alabama, and he was in the stands that night, and he, he you know—he kind of soaked it all in, and I think that really got all those guys on board. Uh, the coaching change obviously helped with Sarkeesian, pulling those guys in and really uh, getting them to commit and sign on the dotted line but i think that victory was a big one chris you were there at the coliseum last year what did usc do well and what do they need to have what would what they need to have to do this
3: this weekend up at palo alto well, I think that last year they, they kind of beat Stanford at their own game a little bit. They played phenomenal defense. They were able to run the ball. And uh, I, th- I think that if you look at the games that they've played against Stanford, that's when they've been competitive with them in the last few years is, is when they've been able to hold them uh, down defensively. It, it takes some time off the clock. So it's going to be interesting to see because their new offense is set up to do something completely different. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they decide, are we going to you know, slow things down Grind it out with them and play defense, or are we going to try to score as many points as possible and make this a track meet?
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they respond, given how easy of a time they had against Fresno State. I think it was a lot easier than a lot of people expected. Is it going to be one of those things where uh, Sarkeesian will try his his game, and you know, Coach Saw up at Stanford will try his game, or is it going to be you know, do you think they're both going to maybe find a way to you know maybe you know just play and, and just it, let let the game kind of come to them?
2: I remember Sarkisian as the offensive coordinator at USC, and he really did seem to tailor things around who they were playing. And he could be quite conservative. It seems like he's kind of evolved away from that from his time in Washington. And so I think that they're going to try to impose their will. Um, I think that they're going to come out firing and getting the ball, you know, on the perimeter with two these athletes. I think that they know that they usually have an advantage there. Um, I mean, they have nine You know, scholarship receivers, you know, Buck hits the hole pretty hard, you know, in the backfield. Um, Justin Davis, you know, is pretty well-rounded. And so I think that they're going to try to score, try to score quickly, try to score often. Um, I think what we saw in the first half of the Fresno State game was not an accident. I think they—they're probably a bit surprised that they were able to to take advantage to that to that you know degree. But at the same time, I think that they're going to try to be that team. I just don't know how the players are going to you know respond eternally to the circumstances and environment um, at the farm.
1: Yeah, you mentioned their depth at receiver and a lot of balance there as well. Four receivers on Saturday had at least 50 receiving yards. Uh, so Kessler obviously has his options, and and he. He really did a, a good job of distributing the football. Uh, Stanford coming off a 45-0 victory against UC Davis. A player to keep an eye on is obviously Ty Montgomery. The uh, He's their Mr. Do-It-All there. He had a punt return touchdown. And like we mentioned before, Stanford only ran 64 offensive plays, so it's going to be a big change of pace. The quarterback there had three touchdowns, Kevin Hogan, uh, an interception, 200 passing yards. It's going to be a big... Uh, a big game for for the trojans another i guess concern is leonard williams he had maybe his ankle rolled down on uh, early in the week what's your take on the rush defense that they had against fresno state it was a little bit sketchy um
3: there on saturday uh i thought i thought the defensive line was actually did a better job than people thought that they did i think that uh fresno state uses a lot of cut blocks and they try to get rid of the ball quickly in the past game so uh It's kind of hard, you know, to put pressure on them to sack them. But uh, they were able to, you know, jump up, bat down some balls uh, and get some interceptions on the defensive line. So I I think the defensive line... A little bit underrated performance on Saturday.
1: Yeah, they'll have Barry Sanders Jr. to contend with. He was a leading rusher against UC Davis there last week. All right, and we'll be back talking USC recruiting. A ton of USC recruits were at the Coliseum on Saturday. Hey, it's the QB, Sean Salisbury, and you're listening to the Trojan Sports Podcast right here on the home for Everything USC. Everything USC.
0: Trojansports.com. You're listening to the Trojan Sports Podcast on Trojansports.com. Powered by Rivals.
1: We're back here at the Trojansports.com podcast, joined by Chris Swanson, the editor of Trojansports.com. Chris, a ton of recruits were at the Coliseum watching USC really blow out, throttle, whatever you want to call it, dominate Fresno State, and I think uh, the biggest takeaway was the fact that they realized now that sarkeesian is actually bringing that up-tempo style he's actually playing the young players and and a consensus opinion was that they really like the direction of the program
3: yeah uh nothing but good things uh were said from these recruits and i think that your point was uh is perfect about the offense there was questions about what this offense was going to look like and actually do because it seemed like the coaches were saying well it's a pro style hybrid spread and you know so there there were questions but uh yeah the they, the recruits got to see it. It was fast, it was explosive, and uh, it seemed like everybody was excited uh, with what USC showed.
1: Yeah, I was I was in South Orange County on Friday night watching Santa Margarita versus Bishop Amat, and I spoke to Trayvon Sidney, who's a 2016 athlete from Bishop Amat, and, and I think the biggest thing he, he mentioned then, that night before the game, was, I really want to see if USC and what they've been telling me is true and they he, you know he really wanted proof and and he went to the game on saturday caught up with him then as well and he mentioned yeah you know i could see myself playing receiver and this is a guy that's being recorded recruited both ways you know the way they passed the ball the the way kessler was distributing the ball and the way the freshmen were making plays i think that really caught the attention of of guys like trayvon sydney kj costello another quarterback uh, you know a 20 another 2016 recruit a quarterback from santa margarita he spoke to him after his game on friday as well and then caught up with him after USC's game on Saturday and he said the same thing I mean he said he was pumped up he, he picked up that offer from USC late in the summer and he mentioned that the biggest thing for him was now going into a game now walking into the Coliseum with an offer from the Trojans it was a different feeling for him and being able to watch you know potentially his future school I think is a, is a big thing for these recruits and, and I think Sark has done a great job of really hitting the trail and his assistants have done a great job of hitting the trail and offering these recruits before they even go to those games
3: yeah and, uh, you know, just, just go back to the offense what it does for uh, USC on the recruiting trail is, uh, you know, they ran the ball more than 60 times. So if you're running back, that's appealing. Uh, you, you saw what they did with the rotation of the receivers. Four guys had over 50 yards. That's appealing for receivers. They threw the ball 31 times in the first half. That's got to be appealing for quarterbacks. seems like this offense is set up to help this coaching staff recruit the talent that they need to, to run it.
1: Yeah, and and doing so against a team that they could do so kind of sets them up now um, to play... Uh, the style that they want to, or maybe give Stanford some problems, and, and on the recruiting front, I think a lot of eyes will be on that game. Obviously, not a not a home game down here in Southern California, but a lot of the local recruits will will definitely tune in and watch that um, as they're icing their legs from uh, the the night before. Uh, and their and those games, a big one, and, and I think it, you know that it's going to be a big uh, interest, and and he's going to be keeping a close eye on uh, Stanford USC this weekend. Is Rashim Green? We both caught
3: up with him. You went to his. Game Friday night. How did he look? You know, he looked spectacular, honestly. Uh, Lakewood, pretty much their entire game plan was to make sure that they they were throwing a screen pass over his head or keeping the ball away from him in any way possible. And he still managed to make an impact on the game and make tackles, get sacks. Judith Procera's defense looked pretty good outside of one play. Uh, they gave up one long touchdown, but they got talent all over the field at uh But yeah, you mentioned Rashim. Uh, looking at USC, and also Stanford, but what he said to me before the game that that and I thought USC responded very well was he wanted to see how they responded to the week that they were having prior to that game, and that's another thing about this game that helps with recruits is are so we are we going to have our first Josh Shaw mentioned here on the podcast? Yeah, I, I think we might just have to mention Josh Shaw and Anthony Brown even, but uh, you know, people were questioning is this team going to show up, you know, and, and play after such a. Tough couple of days right before it, and they did. And you know, I, it, I think most recruits mentioned that before we that game happened. It, you know, it is was impressive. It was impressive that they were able to do that.
1: Yeah, I got on the phone with him Sunday, and and. Yeah, I think I woke him up from a nap, but he sounded pretty sleepy. And but but the big thing for him, he said, was watching Dory Jackson and his former teammate from Sarah. He said he was really, really happy, really glad that he was able to be in the stands and watch Dory's first career touchdown. Obviously a long way to go, but he said his eyes will definitely be on this USC-Stanford game. He's, uh, he's a guy that I think uh, the Trojans sit in, in a great position for. Uh, the commits that were there uh, at the Coliseum against Fresno State were Cam Smith, he came down from Northern California, uh, Christian Rector from Loyola uh, dropped by, and he brought on uh, brought a couple of his high school teammates with him. Roy Hemsley, the offensive tackle from Los Angeles Windward School, was there, and Clayton Johnson, the the other offensive tackle uh, locally here from Anaheim. Servite was also there. Uh, the 2016 we touched on the 2016 class. We touched on Trayvon Sidney. We touched on KJ Costello, who who I thought he looked really good Friday night. Uh, he had his moments, obviously, and and, and Bishop Wan I think did a good job of making it difficult for him with with Sidney at corner and the other corner being Tyler Vons another USC recruit but I think he made uh, all the throws he needed to make and uh, we have a video up on TrojanSports.com with some of his highlights so you guys should check that one out Tyler Vons like we mentioned he was there as well Dylan Crawford KG Costello's teammate from the 707 circuit was there Um, and I think it was it was just a big night for for USC to be able to get some of those guys on there. Moving on to another out-of-state recruit, Christian Kirk. He actually set his official visits to Auburn and Texas A&M and told Rivals.com over the weekend that he wants to be at the USC-Notre Dame game in late November at the Coliseum, and he's eyeing that trip as his potential official visit to see the Trojans. Chris, he's a big recruit, a slot type of guy who probably, you know, at this point next year we could be talking about being a big playmaker in that USC offense that has obviously shown the ability to throw the ball around. How big of a recruit do you think he is for this class?
3: I think he's a huge recruit for this class and for USC. Uh, it seems like he fits in perfectly to their new offense. He's that slot type of guy, really speedy and fast. You can get him isolated on a linebacker or a safety that can't handle him, and he's a threat to score every time he touches the ball. He's a five star talent, you know. Uh, you know, sometimes you don't see that out in Arizona. They don't play the same kind of competition that some of these Southern California kids do. But uh, he's really proven that that he is that elite guy, even to, you know, despite the competition uh, issue. USC would be very fortunate to get him. I think any school would uh he's he's among the best receivers in the country right now
1: labor day marked the first day that coaches could contact recruits from the 2016 class electronically you caught up with a tight end from across the country who got an offer from usc tell us about him.
3: yeah usc uh extended scholarship offer to isaac nada out of uh beaufort georgia he's a really talented tight end uh four-star recruit according to rivals.com uh big guy that can block, but he could also catch. He's got some speed. Uh, a lot of schools like him a lot. Uh, USC came forward and offered him, uh, and he's interested. He's interested because obviously USC doesn't really have the depth to tight end that we talked about. Two uh, scholarship players currently, and by the time you know Nada would get there as a 2016 prospect, Bryce Dixon would be a junior and could possibly be leaving to the NFL uh, very soon. So he's interested. He knows all about the history, and uh, the depth is is exciting to him too.
1: Yeah, another guy. That landed an offer from USC on Labor Day was Jack Jones, also known as Jackie Jones, a 2016 receiver from Long Beach Poly. He's a speedster. We've we've seen him on the passing league circuit. He had a big uh, performance there and in, in the season opener. Obviously, a teammate of Amon Marshall, so he's known about SC. He said he grew up, you know, shoot, you know, rooting for SC was more of an NFL guy. He told me the offer is a big one for him. He uh, he knows Juju Smith, obviously uh, another Long Beach Poly Jack Rabbit there uh, at USC. USC was excelling early on in the season, so you know that's another guy to keep an eye on. They've offered a lot of those 2016 two-way type of corners, athletes, receivers. You know, we we mentioned Trayvon Sidney, Tyler Vaughn, Dylan Crawford. There's there's a bunch of them here in Southern California, and and Jack Jones um, is is another one. What are your thoughts on him?
3: Uh, I I like Jack Jones a lot. I, you mentioned speed. Uh, I think that's big. I think you know USC. Even though their secondary looks really good, it seems like they they always need corners and he could play that position. Also, he fits in at slot, which, uh, which we were mentioning earlier with Christian Kirk, uh, is a position that USC really needs now and is emphasizing a lot. I think that uh, even though the sanctions are over, they'll still probably be dealing with some depth issues and trying to rebuild uh, by the time he comes in. So, you know, having that player that could play on both sides of the ball is a huge benefit to USC.
1: Yeah, and going back to uh, another pipeline of sorts at Long Beach Poly never hurts to keep you know digging in there and trying to get those recruits. So that will do it for us at the Trojansports.com podcast. You can follow me at B-A-N-G-U-L-O, B-Angulo on Twitter. You can follow the Trojansports.com podcast and the site at USC underscore Rivals. You can follow Adam J. Maya at Adam J. Maya on Twitter. And you can follow Chris Swanson at Chris P. Swanson. For Chris Swanson, Adam Maya, and the rest of the USC Rivals crew, this is Blair Angulo. We'll check in with you guys after the Stanford game.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's Trojan Sports Podcast. Join us every week as we break down everything USC football, recruiting, analysis, and so much more. All at the new Trojansports.com, powered by rivals. Follow Chris Swanson on Twitter and Blair Angulo at Chris P. Swanson and at B. Guo. This has been your weekly Trojansports.com podcast.